I don't know about you, but there's nothing better than worshiping the Lord on a cold morning like that. Can you just give our worship team another hand? They are fantastic. Um, Before I dig into the sermon this morning, and they're not actually uh, in the room, uh, but your lives and your uh, hearts have been touched by these individuals. And uh, so Gary and Carrie Thorne, uh, they were sitting right there in the back uh, in the first service. Uh, Gary and Carrie have been a part of our church since day one. Uh, They were here as the foundational members. Uh, Gary has served uh, with the tech team. He has done construction work. Most of the area that you're sitting in right now uh, was helped develop by him and some of his team. Uh, His wife has led our women's ministry for the past couple of years. Uh, She has uh, loved on babies and served in children's ministry, uh, but they are moving to Germany, and this is their last Sunday with us. And so uh, please, 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 if you see them, uh, they're actually in a community group. Uh, next one, and they're one of those people that when you ask people to go to the early service, they go. They just they, they go and they kind of adjust, and uh, so they want what's best for the church. And so her job is taking her over there. They're going to spend three years, and then they'll be back and hopefully uh, back in the fold. But please, please, please encourage them, love on them. I know that there's some cards that have been floating around, and so they're going to give those uh, to them after the service. Uh, but if you see them, love on them, hug on them, uh, and encourage them. And if you know German, please tell them at least a word uh, that they can say while they were over there. So uh, this morning, we're in our Mark sermon series, and I think it's a, a fitting time because it's interesting that last Tuesday, we had a crazy storm begin to roll through here, and it affected us in a really different way. And so if you're a little bit cynical like me, you wonder why a storm canceled school, and so this is my meme for you this morning. School be closed due to high winds, 2024. In 1983, tornado happening. Go in the hall and put a book on your head. Also, we are having pizza for lunch. So as soon as the tornado is passed, the pizza is still in the oven. We'll be okay, right? And so uh, it's interesting that this morning when you think about how God's timing is with Scripture, that over the past week he even reminded us. And so I want to encourage you this morning that no storm is a match for Jesus. Listen, figuratively or even an actual physical storm. And so uh, this morning I want to talk just a little bit about storms. Uh, One of the ones that has affected our community, our area, or or this kind of uh, because of a hurricane is Hurricane Katrina. Does anybody remember Katrina? In uh, 2005, uh, this was shortly after I got married, there were actually 1,200 deaths due to Hurricane Katrina. It's interesting, I actually went out to Gulfport, Mississippi. Uh, It was actually my first time driving a bus. I don't know why they allowed me to do it to a hurricane, but uh, it was a bus full of people from Bible Baptist. We went down there and helped out some churches and some communities get the yard debris up and get them taken care of just so that they can kind of stabilize. And so I, I remember that one. The one that I don't remember, and this is probably one of the most deadly hurricanes uh, that's ever come through, is the Galveston hurricane. Now, I'm hoping that I don't even have to ask that some of you remember this because it happened in 1900. So if you're 124 and you remember this, then talk to me afterwards because I'm fascinated that you're still alive. But here's what took place. Uh, It killed 8,000 to 12,000 people. 
And just imagine that in a moment's notice. And when you look back historically, and I may have studied this a little bit too much this past week, uh, but if you read over a lot of the documents and the reason why this affected or why this happened is that they discounted the weather report. They thought, ah, that's going to go somewhere else. And so they probably had a guy like Jeff Hubbard in that position, and he said, ah, it's just a storm. They'll have pizza for lunch right afterwards. Let it roll. We'll be all right. And then 8,000 people die. So uh, it's one of those things that's really, really tough. Uh, when I was a little kid, I grew up in Illinois, and uh, it was corn and soybean farms, and so they actually had tornadoes in this area. And so I remember when I was a little boy, this tornado coming through our community, and I don't know how we were alerted that this tornado was taking place, but I remember running into my parents' bedroom with my brother and my sister and kind of hiding because this tornado was jumping over our house at the time. And I remember that so vividly because uh, we were never allowed to even walk into my parents' bedroom. Did anybody grow up that way? Um, now my kids feel like they live there half the time. So it, it's interesting. And so I've always thought it was a fun fact that uh, Taylorville's high school mascot, they are the Taylorville Tornadoes. And I think, that's just wrong. Like, I don't know why they would do that. If you've been on the water, if you've been out in a boat, and a storm has come up on you, it's really scary. The seas can change, and it gets rough really, really quick, and so many ships have dealt with this. One of my favorite TV shows is Deadliest Catch, uh, not so much because I care about crab and catching crab, but I care about the waves and the ocean, and I just keep watching this, waiting for one of those sinks that's on TV to sink, but it still hasn't happened. And so uh, it's interesting, though, but you see them on these waves and on this going back and forth and working through it. The reality is this. Storms can be tough to get through. Look, the reality is this morning that some of you may be in the midst of a storm. Some of you may be going through a really difficult time in your life, a difficult time in your heart. But listen, I would tell you, if you're, if you're in that position, this message is for you. But I also want to give kind of a, a little bit of a disclaimer. If you're not going through a storm or you've just passed through one, the reality is this. Eventually, you will go through a storm and need the words of Scripture that I'm going to share with you this morning. And so I hope that as we kind of study this and look at this, we understand the storms that Jesus dealt with. And so to give Jesus calming a storm, I want us to understand the setting. Up to this point, Jesus had been in the midst of a ministry so much so that he was teaching people and they were crowding him so much that he had to step into a boat to kind of remove himself just to create just a little bit of space for him to teach. He gets done teaching, and he begins to leave. So Jesus had given them the foundations that they needed on how to live for Christ and how to fulfill things and how to move forward. And at that point, Jesus says in, in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35 and 36, he said, on that day when evening had come, listen, this was after a full day of Jesus teaching, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Remember, they're in the Sea of Galilee into this corner, and they're going across the sea. And he said, in leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. Now imagine that they're kind of leaving in this group. And so I think there's an understanding of what Jesus was dealing with here. 
He knew when it was time to leave. He knew that he was done ministering in this place. And so immediately he took off going to the next spot. He wanted to go to an area where he could continue to minister and he could continue to tell others about Christ. There's a couple of things that we understand in humanity of who Jesus Christ is in this. He didn't waste time. He knew when to leave a place. He knew that this place was for sure in good hands, ready to go forward. So he was constantly on task to minister to as many people as he possibly could. And so imagine that they get about halfway over the Sea of Galilee. And we pick up in verse 37. And he says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Now imagine this, because they didn't have nice engines and big holes and different things like that. They were rowing across the Sea of Galilee. And as they were rowing across, all of a sudden a storm began to come up, so much so that the waves began to crash over the boat. So I always look at this because I remember reading the the Jesus Storybook Bible to my girls as they were little. And maybe they'll remember this. But I love being a little bit animated about this story. And so I remember going, and the waves were crashing on the side of the boat. (laughs) And I imagine just being in that boat, seeing these waves come over them. So he says, verse 38. But he, Jesus, was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Listen, I understand this storm because this must have been a really bad one. Why do I know that? Why do I infer that? Because the reality is that most of the guys that were on the boat with Jesus were fishermen. They had been through storms many times before. So this must have been a massive storm that was continually just scaring the living dickens out of them. Did I say dickens in the sermon? I think I just did. But imagine, they were fearful. They were scared. Now, how many of you have a spouse that can sleep through anything? Your spouse is mad at you right now. Because they are, they are thinking you're like Jesus in the boat. The whole house can be caving in and all of this. And you're sitting there going. Imagine the disciples in this moment going. Wait a minute. We're all going to die. We just got introduced to Jesus. Hey, who said it was time to leave? Je- what are you doing, Jesus? You're sleeping. And he's going. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They're about to die. Their frustration that Jesus was sleeping through this, and they were in panic mode. So I love Jesus' response in Mark chapter 4 and verse 39. And he awoke. Now listen, I imagine Jesus in this moment waking up maybe like me, and I'm not claiming anything there. But if you wake up Jeff Hubbard, he's a fighter. Fun fact, I may grab you, I may hit you. That's anybody like that? I don't know if I'm always fighting in my sleep or what. Okay, I'm all alone, good. 
Uh, but imagine Jesus waking up and giving the stare of death to his disciples. Look, I don't know if you've ever taught in a lengthy environment. When you get done teaching at the end of the day, there's nothing better than shutting it all off and relaxing. So Jesus is in this moment probably kind of being rocked to sleep by the waves. He said, and he awoke, and he rebuked the wind. Now, it's interesting because this could have gone either way. <laughs> the disciples could have gotten rebuked in this moment, but he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, be still. Listen to what happens. And the wind ceased, and there was a great Imagine in this moment, because up to this point, chaos had ensued. They were being thrashed back and forth in the boat. Nobody was being able to do anything. They weren't rowing. They weren't seeing the place where they were trying to go. And all of a sudden, Jesus wakes up and he rebukes the seas and he says, peace be still, and it immediately stops. I don't know about you. I've never seen a storm. I've seen it roll out. I've seen it exit or leave, and I've been through the eye of a hurricane where it's really kind of peaceful. But I've never seen a storm stop. And in this moment, can you imagine the disciples looking, going, what just happened? But here's the reality. Usually it's in this great calm that we evaluate. We go, man, things could have gone really south really quick. Things could have gotten really bad. We could have honestly lost our lives right there. And then Jesus' response in verse 40. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? In this moment, I think that Peter and some of the disciples were like, well, while you were sleeping, there was this really bad storm. Jesus continues, have you still no faith? Listen, this is almost a, a below the belt thing. Jesus was asking them, don't you have genuine faith? Will God not see you through every storm? Don't you realize that you are with me? You are with me in this, in this boat. I love the question that comes next. As the disciples are considering the situation that they had just went through and what Jesus had just accomplished. They're probably not even really evaluating where their faith was or what they were going through. Listen to what they said. They were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Reality is up to this point, they had seen Jesus do many miracles. They, they had seen him do healings. They had seen him do miraculous things. But there was still a question in their hearts and in their minds. Did I really make the right decision in following Jesus? He's not really what I expected. He's not really who I thought that he would be. 
He's challenged me more than he's encouraged me. But I think at this moment, they began to see Jesus as genuinely the Christ, the Messiah that was come for them. Because if you look at Scripture moving forward, you see a different approach to the disciples. They're no longer questioning their decisions. They're no longer going to Jesus and saying, are you sure I should be going with you? They understood who he really was. So I challenge you. There's nobody that is in this room and nobody that's in our existence that has actually seen a storm stop because somebody told it to stop. That's who Jesus is. So the reality is that some of you may be going through very difficult storms this morning. Some of you may be going through things that are really tough to get through. How do you go forward? What do you do in the midst of the storm that you're going through? So I want to share with you a few lessons from the storms. A few lessons that we can learn from the disciples and how Jesus genuinely interacted with the people in this storm. The first thing that we need to understand are storms are a test. It's during the storms of life you discover what you really believe. When you think about a storm and you think about the things that you're going through, it's a test to see where you are going to put your faith. Look, are you really going to trust the Lord to get you through this? Are you really going to lean upon Him? Man, imagine that this storm happened at the end of a long day when Jesus was tired from teaching and the disciples were probably wore out also. When He said, hey, we're going to go to the other side, they probably were thought, finally a peace. We're away from people. We can relax. We can just get to the other side. And there's something peaceful about a nice boat ride where the waves just kind of gently go back and forth. And probably all of them were really looking forward to this time. It's interesting the term that Jesus uses that they're going to take them to the other side. Because see, realize the place that they were in, Jesus had triumphed. People were starting to know who he was. People were getting healed and these miracles were taking place. Jesus was well-loved. He was greeted continually and cared for. He was getting notoriety. But listen, on the other side, it was going to get really tough really quick. From this point forward in Scripture, in Jesus' ministry, in Jesus' life, they were continually tested. Look, they faced small instances of the Pharisees and the leaders trying to attack Jesus, but their attack would intensify as soon as they got through this storm. So realize, in the midst of this storm, Jesus was almost allowing his disciples to be tested to say, will you be able to withstand when things get really difficult? Now, the encouraging thing, if you're going through a storm this morning, eventually it will cease. It will dissipate. It will go away. But God wants you to trust him through 
The second lesson that we can learn from this is that storms can happen suddenly. It's interesting that nobody on Tuesday planned and said, hey, if a storm would roll through this, I could cook for the whole week. Hey, if a storm would roll through on Tuesday, we'll have a great family game day. Nobody looked at the storm and said, hey, if you'll come this day, it would be really convenient for me. To understand the Sea of Galilee was 13 miles wide. Seven miles across and only about 150 feet deep. It's not a big sea. When you think about that, you look and you go, man, couldn't have been a really long journey for them to get that far in that boat. The reality is that they thought that there would be peace. No fisherman, no person that understands navigating the waters would ever go out in the midst of a storm like that. But it came up quick. tell you that we're not always prepared. A storm can shake your faith quickly. It can happen in one phone call, one word spoken. It can happen in a moment's notice. And it's a reminder of how quickly life can change. I think James, the half-brother of Jesus, understood this when he talked about life is a vapor, a mist. Things change very quickly. And are we prepared for the storms that take place? The fact is that the only person that knew that the storm was going to come was Jesus. And he tells us to be prepared. John chapter 16 and verse 33, it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. Listen, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of the chaos, the only thing that Jesus can really give you is peace. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I challenge you this morning, are you prepared for a storm? Are you ready for it? I love the understanding that we are hurricane people. And so as soon as that hurricane gets to a close point, the first thing that we do is we go buy snacks. Because Southerners love to snack through the midst of a hurricane. And we make sure that we have the things that we need. We go get water and toilet paper and our generators cranked up and make sure that everything's going to be okay because God forbid we do without air conditioning for a day. What's crazy is that if we know that the storm is coming, we prepare. But the reality is that our spiritual lives should be so prepared for any storm to come that we have what we need to get through it. Third thing that we can learn from this, storms can cause you to doubt God. The reality is that when you go through the really tough storm, there's two perspectives that you can deal with. Number one, you can look and see that God is in control. And listen, he is sleeping in the boat and he's not concerned. Or you can be in the midst of the disciples and go into panic mode and go, God, where are you? Why are you allowing this to happen? Why would you allow us to go through this? To realize storms produce one of two results. James chapter 1 verse 2 and 3 says this. Count it all joy 
my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now, how many of you woke up this morning and said, God, test me. God, give me the worst storm, the worst thing. Just go ahead and just do everything that you can. And when you get through, you go, praise God, he took it all. Nobody looks at a storm and gets through a storm and says, whew, I'm good now. He says in verse 3, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, a more mature faith. The reality is in the midst of a storm, we can go one of two directions. We can either trust the Lord and know that he's going to get us through and he's going to give us the ability to overcome this or, and I see this way too much, we can look at God and say, God, why would you allow me to go through this? You can get angry and turn to bitterness and now you're mad at God going, God, if you're a loving and gracious God, why would you allow this to happen to me? One of the toughest things, toughest questions I think I've ever dealt with. There's a dear sweet lady in our church named Ann Bukowski and she's over at the Oaks. She's outlived all three of her children and her husband. She came up to me one Sunday morning and I was just getting done preaching and I think I was preaching on something similar to what this is. She came up to me and she asked me this question. She said, Jeff, why did God take all three of my children? I got to be honest. I don't teach you this one at theology school. But in a moment's notice, I looked at her and I said, Miss Ann, I'll never know and I'll never fully understand. But I've been with you through every one of those and God has given you the strength and the peace to get through. She looked at me and she said, you're right. It's interesting that a couple of weeks later, a new lady had come to our church. Miss Ann would talk to anybody. There's not a stranger to Miss Ann. She'd probably invite you to her house and cook for you. She was sitting down with a lady at Olive Garden. And I walked up and I said, hey to Miss Ann. And I said, hey to the other lady. She said, Jeff, you're never going to believe it. This lady just lost her child and now I'm trying to help her through it. And I thought, there's a lady that leaned on God in the midst of everything and is now using it for his glory. Far too common, the reality is that anything that gets difficult in our life turns us angry at God and bitter in resentment and we push back. Can I tell you, get through the storm. Allow God to work. Lean on him. Grow in the midst of it. For I promise you, it will produce a more mature faith. Listen, for some of you that are sitting in here and you may be angry at God this morning, he can take that. 
But I would ask you to listen to his voice. Listen to his words and allow him to encourage you through whatever storm that you're going. fourth thing that storms can teach us the storms teach us about God they teach us that he is the one that can allow us to get through it his power is continually on display look I don't know about you but sometimes when a storm rolls through I look and I say man this is intense I look at it and I see that the power of God is stronger than anything that exists so I encourage you Whenever a storm hits in your life, listen closely to his words. Listen closely to what he has to say. Run towards him. Allow him to get you through it. And the next, storms will teach you about yourself. A storm reveals a lot about your faith. It reveals the strength of your faith. I love God or Jesus' response in this. And he says, why are you afraid? Don't you know God is in control? Listen, the reality in this instance is that we either believe that he genuinely is in control or we don't. We have to trust him completely. The last one is this. Storms will stretch your faith. When you go through a storm, it teaches you to lean on God even more. And some of the strongest believers that I know are ones that have went through great tragedy, great difficulties. They can look back and they can see how God has strengthened them, how God has got them through, and how he has worked in the midst of them. Let me close with this thought. Jeff Stott was preaching on this exact same passage of scripture. And I found this as the conclusion of a message that he was doing. And I thought it, it ties everything really well together and puts it together in a great way. He says these words. Here is the reality. You are either headed into a storm, in the middle of a storm, or, or coming out of one. He says, learn from your storms. God is teaching you something about himself, about you, and about the storms of life. You have a storm theology. Let's refine it and prove it and use it. See the storms of life as an opportunity for God to display who he is. Listen, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person that walked into the storm. That's what the storm is all about. You will see Jesus differently and you will see yourself differently. There are many things that you can learn from a storm. So I ask you this morning, how do you get through storms? How do you manage getting through these difficult times? If it's anything other than leaning upon God, it's probably why you're continually drowning. Listen, it's interesting that in the midst of this, I've had three conversations with different people that are going through difficult storms just this past week. Listen, I'm in the midst of this because of my job and because of what God's called me to do more than than most people that I know. 
here's the reality. Those that lean upon God grow from the storm. Those that get angry and let it turn to resentment and let it turn to bitterness, they abandon the faith quickly. Listen, we have to be prepared for storms. We have to be prepared to get through them. We have to be prepared that we can lean upon God. And listen, the reason that a church and the reason that a community and the reason that life groups and community groups and fellowship and all of those things are such an important part of a church is that when, in a, when an individual goes through a storm, we grab them and help them go through that. So I challenge you, go through storms well. Sleep through them. Allow God to work. Allow God to get you through anything that takes place. Everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. The worship team is going to come forward and sing a beautiful song. I don't know that there's a more fitting song to end a message like this. I want to ask you, are you in the midst of a storm? Maybe it's a small one. Maybe it's a, a really strong one that you're just going, Jeff, I just need a break from it. Just tell God to get, allow me to get past the rough part. Listen, no matter what position that you're in, and even if you're preparing for a storm, listen, I tell you, whatever it is, the first thing, the first thing that you have to know is the same thing that the disciples did. Go to God. Look, the reality is that many times when we go through a storm, one of the questions that we're constantly going is, God, do you even know that I exist? Do you know that I'm going through this? And I promise you, he does. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants to get you through this. Listen, for some of you, you're so independent and you're so concerned with how people are going to perceive you, you don't know where to run to for help. Stop trying to do it on your own. Lean on God. It's the only way that you're going to get through the storm. For those of you that are not in a storm this morning, get prepared. One of the greatest lies that's taught in churches today is this. Once you accept Christ, your life is going to be perfect and nothing's going to be wrong. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked at the life of Paul and the life of Job but they would laugh at that. The reality is that all of us will go through storms at some time in our life. And the reality is that we as believers should lean upon God and allow him to work through it. Where is your faith this morning? Is it in your own abilities? Because I promise you, you're not strong enough to get through. I see it all the time. storms come lean on God let him work and enjoy the peace that he gives you dear father I come to you humbly this morning 
knowing that there's probably people in the midst of this auditorium that are going through a really, really difficult storm. Father, give them peace of knowing that you are there. Strengthen their faith. Allow them to come through on the other side and remain stronger in their faith. Father, I see so many people destroyed when a storm hits. Lord, restore those folks. Allow them to see you in the midst of the pain and the struggle that they're going through. And Lord, that you would heal them and grow them and mature them and then use them for your kingdom. Father, I love you and I praise you this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Everybody would stand. We're going to sing a song of invitation. And I hope that you'll listen to the words of this song. Olivia's voice is absolutely beautiful, but the words to this song are what are going to strengthen you. Now I would tell you, if you're in the midst of a storm, one of the first places that I would tell you to run is an altar like this and just say, God, allow me to get through this. Let me learn from it. Let me strengthen my faith, whatever it is. I'll tell you, if you're preparing for a storm, the best place to prepare is on your knees before the Lord saying, God, I need you to get me through whatever's going to come my way. So at this time, we open up the altar to you. Whatever storm that you're going through or whatever storm that you're preparing for, spend some time listening to these words and praying to the Lord.